Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And this is Lindsay. And today we are going to a state that we have not gone to before on this show. We are going to Maine. Well, that is exciting. I know we had a listener send us a recommendation, and I believe that this episode is kind of based on, inspired by Jerry's idea, essentially. Yeah, I would definitely say inspired by. Now, he sent an email about an entire town in Maine that is supposed to be haunted. I am going to cover a hotel in Maine. It's not in that town, unfortunately. But if you happen to be in the area, I think passing through this town that he mentions is very creepy. And we will get into it towards the end of the program and tell you Jerry's story. This is your haunted holiday at the Herbert Grand Hotel in Kingfield, Maine. Well, before we get started, I do want to do a few shout outs for people that are members of our new Patreon page. If you're interested in being a patron, go to yourhauntedholiday.com and there's actually a link right there up at the top or just go to patreon.com and search for us, Your Haunted Holiday. But our very first Patreon that we got is Jake Boss. He enjoys the podcast. Jake you are officially on our list. You're our first one. We're so excited that we also have Susan Lawler. Susan, thank you so much. It sounds like we are her first subscription ever to any Patreon page. Wow. I really want to thank those of you that have signed up for Patreon to support the show. It really does mean a ton to us. The other Patreon that we got as well was our mother has signed up as well. <laughs> so I don't know if that counts, but here's your shout out, Tony. I yes, know that you good old good old Tony Estes. Mom, thank you so much for your support. She also can't get enough of your haunted holiday. And she really actually wants the extra content. Although, you know, we'd probably give it to her for free. But happy Mother's Day and thanks for joining our patron page. If you guys are interested, remember there's extra content out there. We're doing monthly extra episodes and there's even a way for you to access these episodes early. So early access, if you're just wanting that little extra bit of the show, go to patreon.com and find us. Yes. All right. So let's talk about the Herbert Grand Hotel. And in the previous episode, we were talking about this really nice family of the Kios. The people in this episode aren't always as nice. Doesn't get as bad as that O'Carroll clan, but some pretty nasty people in this episode. Well, the O'Carroll clan was pretty terrible. I mean, we're still talking about them several episodes later. <laughs> I still just can't get over what horrible people they were. But this all starts in the year 1830. And where this hotel is built today was originally a boarding house. And it actually burned to the ground. I mean, it was irreparable in 1871. Not so long after that, they built a hotel there. It was called the Kingfield House Hotel. And some people thought that this land, because the previous property had burned, might be cursed. Oh, wow. Well, that's what they say about curses. Sometimes things burn to the ground. We hear this time and time again. And a lot of times there's fire involved 
right? It seems like it's just like the McDonald's down the street from our house that we grew up in caught on fire multiple times. We've talked about this in a previous episode, but there was always a claim that it was cursed because maybe it was, you know, built on a Native American burial ground or something like that, right? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Now, in 1917, the property was purchased by a man named Herbert Wing, and he decided to basically tear that one down and rebuild his own new hotel. He is described, even on the hotel's website, if you go into the history section of it, as a power-hungry tyrant. Okay. Okay. He was a lawyer, and... Not many people love lawyers. I like a lot of lawyers, but this was one of the bad ones, I guess I would say. But he was also a business owner. He owned a bunch of different businesses, was very wealthy. Obviously, he built a hotel for a very significant amount of money. But one of the things that he also owned in the town was the electric company. And he was also an aspiring politician. So he was always trying to like woo politicians from the capital and bring them to his hotel. And that was really the purpose of him building this was to, you know, kind of bring politicians in and network and treat them to some illegal booze, some women, because this is also prohibition era. This gets brought up a lot on the show. And of course, there is a speakeasy in the basement. And this speakeasy, I guess, even has like a secret escape door, like hatch in order to get out if it gets raided. Nice. See, Al Capone probably could have used that, you know, a few times. But, you know, that's that's a nice little perk to have in your speakeasy. Right. And I did not see any reports of Al Capone being there. But there are reports that mobsters were there. I mean, it is a speakeasy, right? That kind of thing. There's also a report that there's potentially a murder that occurred down there in the speakeasy. But there's absolutely no information out there on it. So it's they literally call it the forgotten murder that is really just some sort of legend that it was some sort of mob situation potentially down in that basement. Well, I mean, it would make sense, right? Because you're in an illegal operation. So if someone were to be murdered or a crime were to be committed inside of this illegal criminal enterprise going on in your speakeasy, people would be much less likely to report it. Well, yeah, you just never know what could have happened back in the day there. Like I said, he was an aspiring politician. He also ran for governor and he ended up losing. And when he lost, he actually, because remember, one of his businesses was he owned the electric company. He shut off power to the entire town as a way to like get back them for not voting for him for governor for several days oh my gosh like well you didn't earn their vote dude there's a reason probably because he's uh, a, a jerk right he's he's basically like long lost relative of someone from the o'carroll clan <laughs> <laughs> he reminds me of who's the bad rich guy in the old christmas movie it's a wonderful life Oh, um, Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter. This is like the Mr. Potter, I think, of this town. Because there's also stories that at night, he would have the power shut off to the whole town sometimes until he woke up. Like, he would, like, use this 
as like this power thing over this town. Well, he's a terrible person. Yeah, he's Mr. Potter, no doubt. He's Mr. Potter. So in addition to that, the other thing that he ended up doing, because he started just kind of like getting really mad at anybody that was not in his political party, when people would show up to the hotel, he would ask for their voter registration status and make them prove that they were a Republican in order to book a room. Oh my goodness. One, I can't imagine that this is a very good business practice. I was just gonna say. Two, I mean, it's actually a good reminder, like I think how divisive politics can be today. And it was also divisive back then in the 1920s, I suppose. Neither is good, but it happens, I guess. Yeah, no doubt. And I imagine, you know, we could have seen in the North, especially like in Maine, it could have been a much larger margin of Republicans at the time. But I, I don't know. I don't know the full political history there. But I mean, you could have seen where it's 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 really polarized and the vast majority of folks are Republican in that location. It was just a weird time. I don't know. This is a guess. Yeah. So I, it's possible. But what I will say is he decided to actually close the business not that long after that. And he was like, screw this. I'm not going to make this a hotel anymore. Maybe because there weren't enough people. people that he was okay with staying at his hotel. And then he decided to just live there, make it a private residence. Nobody really knows what happened in that house. Like he had his wife, his kids, housekeepers there. But like, basically, he was just a jerk. And the rumors are that like, it wasn't a good situation. Over the years after he passed away, he, the hotel exchanged hands and it actually he sold it just a few days before he died, actually sold it over the years. It went to all these different shady, strange characters, which goes back in my head to like the potentially cursed land because like this hotel could not catch a break for a very long time. Like these people that purchased it in the 70s were like disco lovers and they would have these big like drug parties at the hotel and like it eventually got shut down for that at another point, like potentially mobsters purchased it and it just fell into horrible disarray eventually it was repurchased they did a very nice renovation on it and it is what it is today the herbert grand hotel This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations, and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tangling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. 
So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact your haunted holiday travel agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. Now, this place does not have a ton of reports of death surrounding it, right? There's that forgotten murder that potentially happened in the basement speakeasy, the place, the original boarding house burned to the ground, the land is potentially cursed. But honestly, with any hotel that is this old, I feel like regardless of death, there is energy that is out there, whether that is residual or whatever the, the case is. Yeah, I mean, I think especially with a speakeasy, the potential murder there, who knows what kind of things happen. I mean, anything that's, you know, built in the early 1900s like this, I mean, there's big potential, especially since a lot of people were staying there. I mean, hotels, lots of people go through there. Lots of potential for hauntings. Totally. Now, this place is certified haunted, and they even do mention on their website, they, they don't post a ton about it being haunted but there are some kind of hints to it throughout some of the things that you want to look for there is quite a bit of activity here most of which are things like shadows that are seen out of the corner of your eye people that used to work in the kitchen there have said that in the empty dining room at night they would see shadows on a regular basis moving throughout that dining room so definitely that's one space at night that I think you should go look for. Also a lot of shadows that are passing by the windows and that could be in like the lobby area, the dining room, or even some of the rooms. You'll see that quite a bit. There's also been what's described as floating objects in front of the bar as well as the lobby front desk. Now, they didn't really go into much more of a descriptor than floating objects. So I'm kind of picturing like an orb maybe. I mean, or I mean, I could go further and say it's a, like an object floating off of the desk, like an actual physical object. But I would, it's hard to say what they mean by that. Yeah. I mean, when I hear floating object, I think of an actual object and not an orb. So I would think of like a glass or something at the bar that would be, you know, a common item, but without more information, it's hard to say. Yeah, totally. Then, of course, there are the typical things, like there are cold spots, and the piano might play on its own from time to time. There are a couple different rooms that you're going to want to check out if you stay here. The first one is room 201 on the second floor, and the rumor is, we don't know for sure, but they think this is Herbert Wing's private room when he was living there. So that could lend itself to some of the energy that is that is seen here. But the most infamous story from this room is a man was actually leaning over, tying his shoes, and he looks up and there is a little girl with red hair sitting on his bed. And this little girl proceeds to say, please take me with you. I don't want to be here anymore. And Ooh. then disappears. Oh, that's really creepy. Mainly because you think you feel bad for this little girl. I mean, kids are innocent, right? 
that's that's very interesting i wonder if the you know the mean guy that owned the place i wonder if he had a daughter that had red hair i was wondering the same thing maybe it was one of his kids that lived there maybe it was somebody who just there was an accident that occurred that died maybe they were part of the boarding house from the 1800s that burned to the ground i mean it's it's impossible to say yeah that's true but i mean very interesting and she's interacting with him you know which makes me think maybe she's intelligent another thing that i read is in this room there is so this place i'm going to talk about it in the last segment here but it is filled with antiques there's a lot of antiques in all of the rooms one of the antiques in this room is a portrait of a little girl with red hair and i wonder maybe it's not even attached to the hotel it's attached to that antique portrait Ooh, i just got chills when you said that that's a great theory maybe it is i mean we know items can carry with them you know spirits or some sort of a residual haunt even i mean think about the titanic museum robert the doll you know i mean gosh that's and there are tons of antiques in this place Right, and I'm imagining they're probably not all original to the to the home. They probably, maybe the people who renovated probably brought all of yeah. most of it in. Right, I, I don't think any of it is original. I think it's all antiques that have been brought in over the years as part of the renovation. Now, the room that they say is the most haunted, and this is the one spot on their website where they actually say, this room is possibly haunted. They don't know why this room is haunted, but most of the experiences people have are here. So the first thing that happened here, which is kind of interesting, is a man was staying in the room and heard a dog kind of barking outside the door. And he thought, well, that's strange, as you would at a hotel. So he opens the door and he sees a man walking a dog on a leash down the hallway and he follows this guy. And I wonder, it just says he follows the guy, but I wonder if he was yelling at him, like, what are you doing with a dog in here? And the guy just disappeared. I love that. It probably was, I bet it was pet friendly back in the day. Yeah, I wonder. Or maybe Herbert Wang had a pet. That's possible. And that's a full, you know, bodied apparition along with a dog gotta be residual though i mean think about this what are the odds that a a ghost or spirit there that's intelligent also has a dog with it at all times i mean this could happen absolutely i'm sure it's possible but like the odds to me are much higher it's a residual haunt yeah i agree with you it's probably a residual haunt but i mean it's possible the other way if i was if i was haunting someplace i'd really prefer that my dogs be with me I agree with you. If you have that choice. Now, the other thing that happened is a guy in this room was staying there. He was getting ready for bed, looking in the mirror, and he felt a hand on his back. He turns around and he sees a woman with long, dark hair running away from him out of the room. And this guy proceeds to go down the stairs and ask the front desk, like, hey, is there something strange happening at this hotel? He's like, particularly in my room, he's like, I would like to change rooms. And he was getting ready for bed. So he literally packed his stuff and went into a different room after this happened. 
Interesting. I would be freaked out to even like, let's say I wasn't like us, you know, seeking these things out. I was just like your average person that, you know, isn't looking for ghosts. I would be nervous to even move to a different room because who knows what the heck you're going to find. You just saw a full-bodied apparition. You're scared already from the one room. What's in the next room? Who knows? I'll go find myself that Holiday Inn Express down the street. Okay, so Kingfield, Maine is a very scenic town, but it is also very small. It only has a population of about a thousand. That being said, it is only about 15 miles away from probably the most popular ski resort in all of Maine at Sugarloaf Mountain. So if you want to go skiing and you don't want to be that far, but you don't want to pay the high-end resort fees, this is actually going to be a really good bet for you to be able to do that for a very reasonable price. The prices here are actually awesome, and I'm going to talk about that. It is not the fanciest hotel ever. As I mentioned in the previous segment, there are a lot of antiques here. Like, the furnishings are okay, the bedding is okay. I would say everything is, for the prices, fantastic, right? Like, it's really close to that ski resort, if you happen to be there for that. It is very scenic. You can go check out the speakeasy in the basement and the hauntings. If the place wasn't haunted, I might stay at a Holiday Inn Express, but because it's haunted, I'd be happy to stay here, okay? Got it. So the, so the antiques essentially aren't necessarily like Keo house level, like super fancy. It's No. Got it, okay. So we're just, there's a lot of things that are older, maybe some updates needed. Yes. Okay. So I looked at the rates of the rooms and the funny thing is, so the rooms themselves, when you go to their website, it lists like it has this antique and that antique and it like, it's very descriptive of what antiques are. So they're, they're proud of what antiques they have in this place. Correct. Remember you were talking about that guy in 318 that was like, what's he going to get in the next room? Well, who knows? But here's what I can tell you. In room 318, there is an antique in there that is described as a rocking chair. In the head of the rocking chair, there is a hand-carved demon head. Get out of town. Why would they purchase this? Because they think ghosts? Maybe they embrace their ghosts so much they add this creepy rocking chair to the mix? Or... It could be, but all I know is if I saw that, I'd be like, yeah, next room, please. I really don't want a demon on the rocking chair that I'm trying to, like, get comfortable in. And this is obviously a demon that's carved into the chair. I, they even describe it as a demon, and it's got a picture on their website in the room. So, like, when you go to book the room, you can see the picture of the demon head on the rocking chair. Well, under normal circumstances, I would definitely pass. I would go find that Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> but, I mean, we are who we are. We do your haunted holiday. We'd have to stay. We'd have I to get mean, the demon head room. I mean, it would just like it would just be meant to be. <laughs> For me and you, we're good with that. For the average room goer, I, it would scare me off a little bit. Like, you see some ghostly figure, and then you turn, you're like, what is this carved into this rocking chair? Right. Is that a D? 
demon? <laughs> is that what I think it is? Is that a demon head? And oh, what if the rocking chair starts like rocking on its own? I mean, uh, that would even be like, whoo, that would be scary. So room rates, like I said, are really good. So at the lowest price, it's about $75. Now, what I will say is it depends on the season, the time of year. If you go during a weekend, it's usually about $85 to $95. So it goes up a little bit. Now, there is a weekend where it's like the sugar loaf, some sort of big weekend event there. So the prices go up a little bit to like $150, but it's literally like two or three days out of the year. So most of the year, you can get in here for under $100. That is an amazing price. I feel like this is a great little tidbit for those people that might be going skiing or going to, you know, Mount Sugarloaf. Gosh, if you want to do it on a budget, this would be a potential and you get a cool, like possible haunted experience, right? So book 318 or 201. Let me ask you this. Do, does each room have its own bathroom? Yes. I did not see anything about shared bathrooms. So I'm making an assumption here that they all have their own. Got it. It's a pretty safe assumption. We've definitely seen where there's shared bathrooms in some of these older places. So it's good to know that, especially older places where you get a lower rate like this, we see a lot of shared bathrooms. But in this case, you get the full thing. For that price, I feel like that's a great deal. As long as it's clean, I'm willing to go. So I am so excited to finally get an episode on our list from the state of Maine at the Herbert Grand Hotel. This is going to be a stop. If you guys are up in the northeast part of the country, swing in there. Or if you're happening to go skiing there in Maine, this would be a good potential to save a little bit of money and also have a really cool possible ghostly encounter. So we mentioned Jerry at the beginning of our episode, and he's kind of the inspiration behind this. He sent us an email, actually, that mentioned he had tried to get a hold of us before, but I guess our emails, we didn't receive them. So guys, if you've tried to send us one, I apologize if we haven't gotten back to you. I, I don't know if that's a larger problem, but he finally reached us through email. And he sent us a story about his time in this town in Maine, in Pineland. So I'm going to read his story. He said, as mentioned before, Pineland is a very haunted area in Maine. We used to live just down the road from there, and it's a very beautiful area. But every time me and my wife went by, we would get this strange feeling like we were being watched. Due to the feelings we would get, I decided to do some research on my own and found out that it was used for the mentally disabled. And back when it was in use, they did experimental activity causing people to die in some very bad ways. So side note, I researched this a little bit. That is true. There is an abandoned hospital there, but I didn't see anything about tours or anything like that. So I'd be curious if there is a way to get access to that. But it sounds like it's very haunted if you can get in, but yeah, I don't so know if how in, you would do that. If you're in Pineland, go go check out the um, the old hospital. So he goes on to say, now, I, now don't get me wrong, we have had some other situations where you have had dealings with the other realm. However, nothing like when we get near this area. This night I want to talk about is the strangest yet. So, you know, we were now living in Iowa and occasionally head back to Maine to visit family and friends. And this trip, we took some friends of ours with us. Our family was at, at a campsite and we stayed to enjoy the fire until we were all tired, except our one friend whose first time it was in Maine. With the GPS, we had felt confident in being able to get us back to our hotel. Little did any of us realize the path it set up to take. 
My 12-year-old daughter had fallen asleep on the way back and was sleeping peacefully on the back seat of our van. The four of us adults were talking to keep each other awake and to help keep the driver awake, and time was flying until all of a sudden, we realized we were on the road bringing us straight through Pineland. My wife and I didn't need to see what road we were on. We knew simply by the way it felt. We had the driver stop for a minute and told him where we were. He offered to turn around, but in doing so would take us another hour to get where we were headed. So we decided to keep on the road where we were. All of a sudden, it felt like my van was completely full of beings, almost like you could see in the circus where that small car has clowns continuously coming out of. That is terrifying, by the way. However, in this case, it was not funny nor fun at all. As I was feeling this, my daughter, who originally was having a peaceful sleep, started having nightmares. And I was trying to calm her. And my wife, who is very sensitive to the other realm, started laughing a very sinister laugh that I have never heard from her before and never since. Terrifying, guys. (laughs) It was like she was momentarily possessed or something. Thankfully, the driver was not affected other than seeing some beings on the side of the road, but he was able to get us out of that area quickly. He stopped at the gas station, which was about five miles from Pineland, and I was finally able to get out as I was in a massive need to breathe. When we stopped, we asked my wife if she was okay, and she said, yeah, why? And when we told her, she looked at the three of us like we were crazy or something. My daughter, on the other hand, ended up waking up, telling us that she was able to hear everything, but not able to wake up till we had stopped. We tried to shake it off and head to our hotel. When we got there, we just went to our rooms and didn't talk about it when we woke the next morning. We were more than ready to come back to Iowa. On our way out of state, our friend who was driving asked if we had to go on the road again, practically begging for the answer to be no, and was very glad when we didn't. Now that we were home, things are good again. However, every now and then, I try to think back to figure out why we didn't change the GPS to avoid that road and can't figure out why we didn't. That story, Jerry, is scary. That is like one of the biggest nightmares. Being possessed, to me, is like one of the worst things ever. Luckily, I've never experienced that. I know, right? Like, that is one of my worst nightmares. In fact, some of those like exorcism type of movies, even though they're like on the extreme end of things, really are the kind of horror movies that really scare me. And part of that is the idea of some evil entity or something taking over your body. So I'm glad that you and your wife are okay. I'm glad the driver was able to get through that without any problems. But what an amazing story. And I'm glad you sent it so we could share it with our listeners. And thank you so much for reaching out to us. All right. So if you guys would like to send us a story like Jerry did, give us some inspiration for a podcast episode, reach out to us, go to yourhauntedholiday.com and go to contact us. You can send us an email through that and send us your, your requests for episodes. And we love hearing your own haunted tales. Also, make sure to rate us five stars if you're enjoying the podcast and leave a comment for us. We really appreciate all of that. Don't forget, we also have a Facebook page, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you're interested, go to patreon.com and find us there. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. Stay safe and healthy, everybody.